In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you're listening to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, a program that invites you to stop and take a second look at God's Word four times a week. Today and for the next several weeks, we're going to continue our liturgy study. Liturgy, it's a fancy word for the way we conduct ourselves in a divine service, but there's so much more to it than that. Every bit of a traditional Lutheran liturgy is literally packed with ways that God wants to serve us. Yep, I said that right. God wants to serve us. And how do we respond? With gratitude. For what God has done for us is inconceivably merciful, good, and loving. The liturgy also connects us back through the ages to the church at large, stretching back thousands of years and even echoing similar services that the people had as they looked forward to the Messiah in the Old Testament, stretching back even further. So I'd like to invite you to continue with us on our study today, and if you're interested, listen in to the past episodes on this same topic. Today, we're going to take a look at the first high point of the service, the reading of the Word of God. Today, my focus of liturgy is on the first high point of the divine service. The Word of God proclaimed. Believe it or not, the pastor does not arbitrarily choose which portions of the Bible he will read in the divine service. The lessons, really a series of lessons, have grown out of the life of the church through the centuries. That is to say, there is not just one set of readings. Various collections of reading have developed over the centuries to bring the Word of God to the faithful. These selections from Scripture are organized around the rhythm of the church year and the various festivals which the church keeps. Right now, we are actually using a three-year series of readings. It is understood the development of these series of readings is that the church finds her life in God's Word. It is that Word which called her into being and which defines her life. Without God's Word, there is no church, because without that Word, there is no knowledge of God, nor His saving work for us. The lessons for Sunday morning, readings from the Old Testament, the epistles of the New Testament, and the Gospels become the focus for the divine service. While the entire Bible is God's Word, there are some distinctions to be made within it. Chief among these is the Gospel. The Old Testament reading encompasses the history of the Old Testament church, always pointing forward to the Messiah's coming. By contrast, the epistles of the New Testament, dealing with the life rooted in the Messiah's appearing, always point back to Him. The gradual, a brief verse spoken after the Old Testament or epistle is read, actually came into use because, at the time, the pastor might move from the lectern to another position, perhaps in the center of the congregation as a symbol that the Word dwells among the people of God. During this time of movement, the gradual would be spoken or chanted by the pastor or choir. The gradual is a proper for the day and further highlights the theme of the readings. So the words of the gradual are for the expressed purpose to prepare for the hearing of the gospel, where those present will hear of the Lord's incarnate life, ministry, and first-hand words. If the pastor moves to the center of the congregation, that is also a part of the preparation for the reading of the gospel in the midst of God's people. And, if the pastor did actually so move, 
the congregation would turn to face the pastor, not for the pastor's sake, but to face Christ, to hear Christ speak to them in his word. It is the Gospels which stand at the center. In the Gospels, Jesus the Messiah stands before us. In the Gospels, we don't simply hear about Jesus, we hear him, or incidents directly about him. Unlike the Old Testament and the Epistles, the Gospels give us the actual words of Jesus. The congregation indicates this distinction by its posture. It is only for the Gospel, for the words of Jesus, that the congregation stands. The congregation shouts out loud what it believes in and knows is happening. The Savior himself is in their hearing. And notice, it isn't, glory to you, O pastor, praise to you, O pastor, but glory to you, O Lord, praise to you, O Christ. The gospel brings the people into the living presence of Jesus, who speaks to them and acts for them. Now, in our postmodern times, this somewhat begs the question of who can or should read scripture in divine service. Obviously, the Bible can be read by anyone. We have the biblical text available in many languages, our language. But what about the public reading of the Bible in the divine service? Where does this responsibility lie? Well, first of all, in the church, public does not mean the other side of private. Public refers specifically to the called and ordained servant of the word, who acts under God in the name of the congregation that called him. The congregation is all about, it exists, the only reason for its being is the proclamation of the gospel, the administration of the sacraments, and the remitting and retaining of sins, the office of the keys. In order to achieve this purpose, Christ instituted the office of the ministry and specifically charged it, gave it a direct order to administer the keys. And St. Paul himself said in 1 Corinthians 4, This is how one should regard us and the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So the church's public reading of Scripture and its preaching are inseparably linked, and in the divine service the link is placed by Christ in the called servant of the Word. It has never been otherwise. Then, reading also assumes explanation. This duty God also gives to his pastor. It was so even in the synagogues. The rabbis who read were the rabbis who then taught. Recall when Rabbi Jesus stood up in the synagogue of Nazareth to read? When he finished the reading, all eyes were on him. Then he spoke. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This marked his astonishing, brief, saving homily to them. So, pastors, they are formally charged with opening the scriptures for the faithful baptized, reading and preaching, go together. They are two sides of one coin. We recall St. Paul's directive to St. Timothy, Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. That's called the homily, or sermon. Since Paul intends all three, public reading, preaching, and teaching, to be kept together, the one who preaches is the one who reads publicly. 
Immediately following the reading and hearing of God's word is placed the creed. The term creed means, I believe. The Christian church confesses three creeds. These are called ecumenical because they confess universally accepted truth. They mirror God, confessing back to him the revelation which he has given of himself. The scripture is God's voice. The creed is man's reply. While faith makes one a Christian, his confession of the creed marks him as one. The Apostles' Creed is called the Baptismal Creed. It can be dated to the mid-2nd century and unfolds the meaning of the baptismal formula given in Matthew 28. Luther described it in these words, As the bee gathers the honey from many a beautiful and delicious flower, so this creed has been collected in commendable brevity from the books of the beloved prophets and apostles, that is, from the entire Holy Scriptures. The Nicene Creed dates from the First Ecumenical Council of Nicaea in 325. It emphasizes the full, eternal deity of Christ. This is the Creed of the Lord's Supper because it so clearly confesses the eternal and complete divinity of the Son who gives himself to us in the bread and wine of the sacrament. The longest of the creeds, the Athanasian, comes from the 4th century. It is the creed for the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity, the summary of the Trinitarian and Christological orthodoxy which stands against all heresy. Creeds are no child's play. The three ecumenical creeds listed above are carefully crafted confessions of faith, formulated in the face of persecution and heresy, both to clarify what the Church believes and what it rejects. Some would place the creed just before the sermon. In that position, it sets limits upon what can be preached. All preaching must be in agreement with the creed. Others would place the creed after the sermon. There it becomes the congregation's answer to what they have just heard. Preaching calls forth a response, and that response is encompassed by the creed. Regardless, confessing the creeds has never been a question in the Christian church. The creed defines the church by confessing the true God who creates and sustains her. More next time, my friends. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. 
If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity